0: Welcome to episode 33 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm your host, Ty, and I'll be guiding you through the hellscape that awaits us in the near future. You can tell me to keep it light on Twitter, at S-E-A-T-J-K, and keeping me grounded and pointed in the right direction is my co-host, Chris. Chris, where do you get your secret decoder DMs?
1: I get them at C.D. on the tweet machine, and right now I'm enjoying my air-conditioned home. Well, you are not
0: enjoying an air-conditioned <laughs> Definitely not. And where my quote-unquote studio is is in the attic, and it is really hot in here, and maybe that'll encourage us to actually keep it down on it, uh, the timeline. Probably not. You could just get shirtless. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'd rather have something on to soak it up than have it just rolling off my body and cascading down onto uh, my office chair here. Uh, at any rate on that note, mm. um, this week we're going to turn last week on its head. You know, I like to, I think I actually sometimes enjoy the, the aftermath if I'll call it of our podcasts and, and, what goes on in social media more than the, the, the show itself as much as I enjoy spending you know time with you.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, but <laughs> go ahead, backpedal that now,
0: <laughs> but there is the, there is the aspect of, enga- of, of social engagement with the show, right? Then I think that's probably the most fun part, um, uh, and last week I think we got a little heavy because I didn't hear from anybody and that's not that's not become that's become people the not people the
1: people listened to our podcast from last week and went, Whoa uh, yeah, Jesus <laughs> <laughs> so What is week, going I, on over there?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's just look, not every episode is gonna win awards.
1: Right. Sometimes like the Oscars, you have to have like the award winning movies and the most popular movie category. Yeah. Which they introduced today because they're weak ass. We'll get the into Oscars, that.
0: People Choice Awards. Ugh,
1: they suck. They're so
0: lame. <laughs> All right. Well, so this week we're going to turn last week on its head and talk about the lighter side of dystopia. A little bit more <laughs> up in our uh, up up in our business up uh-huh. our alley. Um, I thought we'd do a little two parter start. So we'll discuss our favorite cinematic evil corporate over- overlords, um, and then what our best possible outcome is for a future cinematic timeline. Uh, and then for segment three, we'll, depending on what we end up with, we'll talk about some of the consumer products that might be available in the future or limited to us today. And uh, in the OT, we'll check in on some advice on navigating the special occasion double dip. We know how much you guys love it when we talk about uh, life advice.
1: Yes. And then you dip, we dip, they dip.
0: Yeah. Put my hand up on your hip. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um the world's most evil corporations uh, brought to us in the, the cinematic universe. Who do you got? I'm, first of all, this
1: is like my, one of my, all my, fav, like, all my favorite movies are this, mo- this movie. Where, <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where there's a terrible, evil corporation doing things to people. Yeah. But most of the time it's just the government in the movies giving you a hard time. But I like it when there's movies that that just where the where the corporation just is heavy-handed and like mustache-twisty and really evil, evil, like they are the fruits of the devil,
0: evil. I, I definitely believe in capitalism's ability to bring together a bunch of nefarious gangsters more so than the government's ability to make that happen. Well, but. yeah, but
1: that's the that's the best part. I mean, you can't you can't have half the fun movies if they're not like gangsters around. That's like the whole cinematic universe of superheroes is gangsters.
0: They I mean, Arnold made kids. an entire career either between either battling the government yeah. or, or battling an evil corporation.
1: I know. He's the, he's the patron saint of this genre.
0: He very much is.
1: Well, we'll get to that. All right. So what do I like? So I think last time when we chatted, I, I said the weyland Utani Corporation. Yeah, we're they're, talking about Apple
0: being oversized. And they're, really the,
1: with it. they're the best, the Weyland-Yutani. <laughs> well, let's think about it. They've sent us into space. They are terraforming. They're creating space for people to live, to expand the human race's horizons. Okay, they're trying to weaponize a, an alien creature, but they're doing lots of good things. They're sending people, they're sending colonists out to, to, to make sure that we have, uh, you know, more places to live as we use up this planet and transition to a, you know, how many times do I have to tell, how many times do I have to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson say we have to live amongst the stars? Well, Waylon Yutani is doing that for people.
0: I don't know, next you're going to be telling me about how many wells Blackwater dug in the <laughs> Middle East. <laughs> Maybe. But, sure... There's a little bit of a minus to the
1: Whalen Yutani Corporation, in that they're weaponizing an alien race. Do we know However, enough about
0: the world around them to understand what it's like to live, where the Whalen Yutani Corporation is? Is I mean, I, there's not. A, I don't have enough information. Like, is there is there competing other? You know, is it a SpaceX, Amazon Space? Is there a name for that yet? Does Does Bezos have a name for his pet project yet?
1: No, doesn't. he? Right,
0: so, uh, so, is there
1: is there competition? Is it, I don't is think it, so I think the Wayland Yatani <laughs> is the only game in town. I feel like it's the only game in town but you know everything they have is like made of metal so there's obviously lots of mining that goes on there's industry behind that. It's a, it's a job maker. They're job creators, the Wayland Yatani corporation. slightly evil but still I think overall a benefit to the world they live in.
0: So the one that came up I, the one that came to my mind first. Um, when I was thinking about this as a potential topic, was the Terrell Corporation from Blade Runner. And I'll, I'll have to get, uh, we'll have to chase down Matt from the Reasons Are Several podcasts to talk about this one because you got to think that the Terrell Corporation started with the hooker robot first, right? <laughs> well, of course. I mean, all of our great innovations in the internet have
1: come from internet porn. We don't have we don't have we don't have video on the internet without internet porn. We don't have e-commerce <laughs> without internet porn. Internet porn is the driver of of this of the entire internet, and it's and I will not hear arguments, that say the least. So, the Tyrell Corporation definitely got its start in internet porn, and has just been sort of going there, and then,
0: turn, then of course it turns into like slavery.
1: But <laughs> you know,
0: well. Man, see, you guys Why are always got to bring it back to reality? I thought we we're gonna have fun with this dystopian topic. We are and, having well, fun with now it. Now I'm Again, reminded the of a Tyrell. tweet I saw earlier today. <laughs> that talked about how, oh, here are these 2,000 inmates fighting fires in California, and it's like prisoners with jobs. There's That's another the, word for that. No, to the
1: <laughs> they should get paid. Well. They should absolutely get paid. If they, if if prisoners say, if prisoners say, I'm gonna go fight, I, I volunteer to help fight fires in California. The state of California should pay them the going rate and hold that money in escrow. So when those folks get out, they get that money or they can give that money to a loved one or people on the outside. I, that's, I don't think they should have to work for free. But I think it's nice of them to say, hey, I'd like to help out. Could I help fight these fires? You know, even though it's a little bit dangerous, they get to be outside and they get to, do, they get to, be, they get to help their society.
0: Oh, I appreciate your, your earnest take on the subject matter. I was just going for a, the, the parallel I saw drawn, which was, and I, can't, I, can't, I should have looked it up because I cannot for the life of me remember the character name or the name of the place in Ragnarok where Jeff Goldblum...
1: Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, just whatever the hell, the the little, the the fighting pits of... Right, well, at, blah, one blah, point blah. The,
0: at one point, his number one comes up to him and is like, oh, you know, the slaves are arming themselves. He's like, don't use that word. She's like, what word? The S word. And so she's like, sorry, the prisoners with jobs. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's much better.
1: <laughs> Goldblum's a genius. The Tyrell Corporation, I think, starts in a good place. And I think they've, of course, you fast forward a couple of generations of saying, you know what, it's dangerous to go to these places, so we shouldn't send humans, so we'll, we'll create something that will do these jobs, and it just turns out they created people.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Maybe they could have created robots, but instead they thought,
0: oh, let's just create people. Well, I just don't understand. Why are we in such a hurry to create a sentient robot? It I, seems like a double negative. Like. Yeah. It seems a, like, yes, What what's wrong with
1: sort of the connected-to-my-brain robot that just sort of, like...
0: Avatar! Yeah, like the Avatar, well... <laughs> not a robot, we'll get, but n- not not the actual Avatar movie, I'm saying an Avatar, like yes. as a thing. Yes.
1: yes, yeah, like the robot who does things, but it's connected to my brain, and I feel like it does the things I want it to do. I feel like, I mean, that, that seems better, but Blade Runner's not any good if it's that. we've we created people speaking of avatar the you know the the unobtainium the unobtainium what is even the name of this company uh, the rda corporation
0: that's not what does that stand for i don't know
1: it stands (laughs) but but rabisi is totally chewing up scenery as the as the site foreman of the He has corporate. to. He has
0: to deliver that ridiculous unobtainium line. <laughs> He's
1: got the <laughs> look at all that cheddar. <laughs> they again I think that I like their I like the design of their technology. Sure, they're overrunning the native population and destroying their habitat and whatnot. But still they designed some nice industrial things in order to do it. I could, other than the fact that they're you know all willy nilly crushing these these poor cat people
0: it's, it's pretty intense that you like your mining trucks are the same because they're also sort of flying tanks <laughs> 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 really a lot of effort put into making sure that you were going to arm you know, I mean it's like you knew going in oh we're probably going to have to fight off some aliens to get the stuff that we right. want
1: so yeah. this, this gives me the... So let's hop the James Cameron thing. So he, he creates that corporation, but he also created one of the great overlords of all time, which is Skynet. Right, Skynet yes. came from the brain of... Now, Skynet's not really a company. Or Cyberdyne Systems is the company. Yeah. But, and they create Skynet, but is Cyberdyne really like a bad company because they created Skynet, or is Skynet just kind of a happy accident? Or is Cyberdyne... Uh, I don't know if Cyberdyne's exactly shitty.
0: No, I don't think it's any different than than what we were just talking about, which is this idea that you you know if you're chasing AI as a goal, you're going to end up in, in, and you don't have any controls in place and you don't have any thought for the future about you, you need long term vision to try to execute this plan. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I mean, we don't know again. I don't know if we have enough context. I don't recall exactly. You know, Cyberdyne somehow gets the military contracts and everything else, right? So, right,
1: right. They they do all that stuff, and then of course the in t2 what the the robot who came comes back in time becomes the basis for their groundbreaking technology right in a weird time loop chicken egg argument
0: uh, i feel like that was that's a situation where we only meant in, intended to make two of these movies so <laughs> you're not supposed to think about this too much harder and then the, the whole extended universe thing makes it a lot more difficult
1: by the way sweet sweet sequel sweet looking kind of uh, stills from the new uh, Linda Hamilton sequel of Terminator, which I'm going to consider the third movie, and those other ones never happened.
0: What about the one in the future? I the, know, uh, uh, we're not talking about of the Speaking Avatar.
1: No. <laughs> no. No other Terminators exist. I'm going to just forget all those other ones. It's going to be Terminator, the Terminator, T2, and then this next one. And I'm just going to forget the other ones existed.
0: Well, the thing that concerns me is we're not that far away from that because we've got people who get fired by computer AI, like analysis, (laughs) uh, performance analysis. Yeah. I read this really disturbing article a couple weeks ago. It talked about how drone killings can be predictive and not necessarily involve a human uh, to actually say yes, execute. (laughs) Well, that's a problem. It seems like a problem. Maybe let's not give the computers guns. I feel like we've been down this road.
1: The movie people have thought about this already. Does does the Matrix have a... Does the Matrix have a, The Matrix is just the machines
0: took yeah. over. Yeah.
1: Like, we don't know where the The Matrix is
0: basically... It's not any different than Skynet.
1: It's Skynet. It's yeah. just different Skynet. Correct. Octopus Skynet as opposed to... <laughs> as opposed to Metal Guy.
0: Metal Guy. Uh, um, you know, when I think of Skynet, I think Skynet. of those patrol drone things. The HKs? Hunter yes. Killers? Yes. Kyle Reese totally could handle
1: a HK all by himself because he's the man.
0: It seems like you would just make it out of bulletproof materials and then the whole thing would be over. But, you know, what do I know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Um... Here's a, here's a good one. The Umbrella Corporation from Resident Evil. That's a shitty company. The that, worst. That, the worst. <laughs> that is that is a truly shit company. Like let's let's design something that kills everyone and then reanimates them. Like how?
0: What is even the? What's even the point of this? Like, well, somehow they were growing in the first movie. They're like growing those super monsters in the base in the right the basement. It's supposed <laughs> to right. be the cafeteria. Right.
1: And they're so that's how somehow. And their computer's this sentient little girl. This sentient, creepy little girl.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, there was, that, that had backstory, too. That the <laughs> lead programmer's daughter had, had died or whatever.
1: That's a bad corporation. I don't even know what their, their revenue model is. What if everyone's dead? How do we get money from this? What is happening at the Umbrella
0: Corporation? Well, it seemed like they're really hell-bent on a cover-up, but <laughs> living in a world where they seem the cover-up wildly unnecessary. <laughs> right. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Oh, there were a lot of there, a lot of focus on weaponizing zombies and undead type things, and I it was really unclear like what the larger picture might have looked right. like.
1: <laughs> Can, what's happening at the board meeting when someone powerpoints this? Like, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna create this thing that makes people die and then it reanimates them and they end up killing more people. That turns into revenue for us. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> This turns into shareholder value. How? I'm a little bit hazy. Well, you just, you I'm know, a little hazy. I'm a little hazy on their business. The, Maybe um, you can Robocop get the zombies
0: to do the slave labor. You know, that I seems know, to be a, a winning model <laughs> in the course of history.
1: <laughs> my fa- uh, my other favorite one here is the one from RoboCop, which yes. is Omni Consumer Products. OCP, <laughs> Omni Consumer Products. You know what OCP? We, you know me. But th- <laughs> okay, so here's a, an Omni Consumer Products. We have built a. Cyborg Lawman? I don't know.
0: I like how that's a consumer product. That's tremendous. Well, not only that, but they were, again, really focused on some ge- giving robots guns, right? right. <laughs> the other side. Well, it's not even, he's, not even Robocop.
1: He's, a, he's mostly a robot. No,
0: I'm talking about the other robots. Oh, that big tank,
1: that big walking tank thing that like obliterates yes. that dude. Yes. By the way, sidebar Robocop 2 is still the most just disgusting and violent and gross movie of all time. It is so bad.
0: It's pretty I mean, it's great.
1: It's great, but it is, it's groundbreaking. It's still, even after how many years of me watching like violent film that I come back to RoboCop 2, like it'll be on cable and I'll watch about 30 minutes and my stomach will hurt. Like this movie is (laughs) messed up. So bad, so God bless him, and God bless Ronnie Cox. Whatever there, there's Ronnie like a Cox. really
0: he's terrific. Like, isn't there? Like, isn't the 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 apex of that movie involve the cops teaming with the street punks to fight against the like?
1: And the, then there's just some foul mouth kid who just yeah. like like is want like a wanton murdering preteen. It's just Man. amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing movie.
0: The ED two hundred nine is that robot. <laughs> I love that
1: when they're like telling it to stop, shut down, it's like, comply, <laughs> <laughs> and just liquidate, liquid, liquidates that dude. My parents
0: definitely uh, let me watch that too early in life. Oh, God,
1: I watched <laughs> it as a teenager and it was too early, I watched it about three years ago and it was too early in my life to watch that movie, that, movie's, that movie is <laughs> a riot. All right, um, let's, let's jump into Neil Blomkamp, because Neil Blomkamp knows how to do a dystopia.
0: Okay, so let's, let's, let's pivot a little bit back to the, the timeline idea, because a couple of things I wanted to name check before we moved on, not really evil, but hilarious, nonetheless, is the Brondo Corporation from Idiocracy, it, it, uh, just preying on everybody being so stupid, There, you know, it's got what plants crave, dude, Brondo. Dude, it, it
1: has <laughs> electrolytes. It has electrolytes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has electrolytes. Which, by
1: uh, the way, is hilarious because Gatorade came out with a sugar free version of Gatorade now. Right. And their whole thing is none of the sugar, all of the electrolytes. <laughs> and it makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh, God. Good stuff. They're
0: infusing the water with the electrolytes. <laughs> the <laughs> Brondo Corporation. They're not evil. They just, people are just dumb.
2: Yeah. Well, and then they the just,
0: last one, and this will be the, the, the segue, is that. Uh, does it count as a segue if you announce it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's the the Megacorp, Megacorp from Wally e And the reason I bring it up is because the reason I wanted to talk about dystopian timelines is that for years, when I had my head in the sand, I thought we were the worst-case scenario for human humanity was that we were on the wall timeline. That it was like, oh, we're just getting so fat and lazy that nobody's going to be able to do anything. Turns out, this has always been the Elysium timeline, and I just didn't know it. <laughs> so speaking of Neil Blomkamp and... You know, District Nine. That's very Elysium oriented, but that has more to do with aliens showing up and what happens. But uh, right, but still, it's you were saying,
1: yeah, still, it's. I think maybe it's like growing up in South Africa that makes Neil Blomkamp so pissed, because he really is pissed. And multinational United, <laughs> our <laughs> our friends at multinational United, <laughs> which I love I love that movie because well, number one the accents are amazing, you know that South African accent the Sharito Copley thing is he's yeah. just he's amazing if anybody should have gotten an Oscar Sharito Copley in District Nine should have got an Oscar it was just a great performance and. Uh, <laughs> and that movie is also just wildly, wildly violent, to the point where it's hard to watch. It's hard to sit through a rewatch of District Nine for me because it is, it's, it's a.
0: It's, it's pretty a brutal and like they, they show that. Yeah, when they show that, I can't do. I can't say it normally. I have to say e mean you." <laughs> I can't say it normally because he says it. I don't know what 150 times in the movie. Yes. Um when he finds that they're like shooting the aliens with their own technology and stuff. And like all this, the, the, the whole lab scene is really tough. Like, and it doesn't see, I think the thing that is really visceral about it is that this ability to absolutely understand who humans are as a people and know that they would absolutely do some shit like oh, this. Yeah,
1: that. Oh, yeah, that's also the dystopia part. Any good dystopia is a dystopia where you could say, you know, that, that shit might happen. If, if this were the case, that would happen. I really feel like that with District 9. If that was the case, that would fucking happen. There's no question about it. Like, I, I, I see something like the, uh, the Hunger Games. I think, <clears throat> okay, fine, whatever, no way. Right. There's no, there's no path that gets
0: us to the hunger games. Well, considering like in 2018. Yeah. Well, there's two aspects. You sort of asked me, there's no path that gets us to the hunger games. I, I don't, at this point, I'm not ruling anything out. (laughs) I'm ruling out the hunger games, but yeah, with the district nine stuff, it's like, it's 2018 and we're still like fighting the othering of actual human beings. Yeah, I uh, they can't imagine freaking. if aliens showed up and their ship <laughs> bro- broke down.
1: Right, and they were relatively defenseless. They weren't the. They weren't the super invader. Right, aliens, they're just but sort of like, like, like
0: crappy humanoids. <laughs>
1: yeah, like humanoids that are just we're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would totally do that to them. It was like a hundred percent chance that would happen, and that's what that's makes for good score. That's that makes for good storytelling.
0: It does. It's a um, great movie. I can't believe how fast that movie, uh, how fast it moves when you watch it. Yeah, like it it's just a, never stops.
1: Yeah, Elysium. Elysium is a little. Further afield, if you ask me, but it's I understand the, the class warfare aspect of it. Yeah. You know that's and that's the and that's the thing about which was the what was the last what was the one of the last zombie what were the last uh, World of the Living Dead kind of deals where all the zombies lived outside and there was a shiny citadel of people who lived amongst the horrible zombies on the outside.
0: There was a movie.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. It's um it's one of the uh you know living dead movies. Mm. Like Dawn of the Dead or it was something. It was it's not, it's one of it's of that series. And um yeah, sort of it's just sort of a it's just sort of a a proxy for for class warfare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not hard to get to to see the slip. I want to call it a slippery slope to see the the trajectory of inequality ending with a the, the, yes, absolutely, the shining beacon on the hill surrounded by giant walls and then everyone,
1: you know, Westeros zombie.
0: basically right.
1: <laughs> King's Landing, yeah, well yeah. King's Landing is kind of a shithole anyway it's a, it's, I don't know if, Game of Thrones is that a it's like a weird take on a dystopia it is, it's a, but I gotta throw one more in because it's the dystopia that we all know and love but never really talk about as a dystopia but Gotham City Mm-hmm. gotham city is a horrible dystopia and we yeah, do why do people live there still like what, here's what's the, what's the economy what, in gotham that people my, have to be there my daughter asks me this every time i'm watching a batman movie she's like dad why do people live in gotham I'm like <laughs> i don't know i guess you could go live in metropolis but metropolis doesn't have i mean buildings are fall over like big aliens are fighting each other and buildings are collapsing all over
0: metropolis. I don't know. If I live in the go DC to, universe, I'm just building a cabin in the woods. <laughs> you could
1: go to Central City, but nobody wants to live with all those rubes in the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, even though they're protected by... Coast City is a big smoking hole, so you don't want to... I mean, you can't live there. All the people who live there are dead. Millions <laughs> of people died there. So, you know... Not a lot not, of
0: great options.
1: Not a lot of great options in the DC universe. You Superheroes, do really kind of seem like you're doing a bad job. <laughs> On the whole. I mean, you could just walk down the street in Gotham City and get Smilexed by some homicidal clown man. I don't know. It's just it's, it's a terrible place to live. But where are we going to go? Where could we go? I don't what
0: know. Else? You People are just still going to the theater and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, it's fine. Hey, you want to go to the opera? Oh, hell no. No, that penguin guy is out there robbing banks again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. we, could do, I mean, we could do a whole Seinfeld bit on, on that, for sure. Who are these people who well, are living moving in the on, Micropolis? The other thing I want to talk about in relation to this topic was what I had seen, I, and I don't know if you watched any of this video that I sent you, about the Tesla man. So there's a man who has taken it upon himself to basically learn to rebuild Teslas from the ground up because he finds that Tesla won't help you, much like Apple won't give you parts. You can't fix your own computer. You can't fix your own. And I tweeted about this a few months ago that it's insane to me that we have engineered our products, to the point where design is more important than utility, all the way to the point where, like, I can't even change the battery in my device, even though I know that's the problem. I have to take it to the shop.
1: No, because people don't want a battery door on their computer anymore.
0: I do. I I absolutely. (laughs) Well, buy a PC, then. I have a PC. It also doesn't have a battery door. Oh, (laughs) you got to buy a big clunky one
1: you got to buy a big crappy Dell Latitude. You can yep. change the batteries in those.
0: Now, my point about this is that he's getting a ton of pushback from Tesla because their argument is, like, well, nobody knows how to fix these cars but us. And he's done, like, all these intense teardowns and, and put multiple salvage vehicles together to make one working vehicle. Um, the video is really interesting uh, if, if you're interested in it.
1: Um, well, good for him. I mean, I mean, third-party – isn't
0: the third-party auto mechanic just – like america in, in yeah. a nutshell yes and i yeah i think that's what's so identifiable about this concept is that this dude is doing what you've always been able to do which is repair your own shit and right. we've sort of uh we've made that impossible anyway if you want to see the video go look for rogue test the mechanic but this led me to this thinking about what happens with products when they first come out right like i don't know if you've seen um the mcdonald's the movie about the McDonald's. M- Founding the founder. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Okay, so this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? So it starts uh, these guys with a, an idea and this little burger stand, and they're making their burgers as fast as possible. The idea being that it's going to be consistent and always the same and cheap, right? And they've engineered it to yeah. the nth degree. Yeah, they've smart. got like four products, right, or or whatever they have. Or not even that many. Burger, fries, shakes. Pretty much. Yeah. So that means at some point, basically everything gets diluted or. Or you know, homogenized is probably a better word by mass production and supply chain management, all the things that go into creating profit margin. So this leads me down the path of when I think of some of the most like overproduced items that there are in the world, and it come to canned foods, things that have been around for decades that I've been eating for as long as I can remember, the chef boyardiess, the, the Campbell's, uh, these these products that have been on American store shelves for you know almost a century so was there at some point like artisan spaghettios was somebody like i'm gonna take this spaghetti and i'm gonna hand fold it into little rings and i'm just gonna mix it with tomato tomato sauce like the the recipe had to come from somewhere is what i'm getting at
1: right right somebody's just decided yeah i think that yeah it all comes from somewhere right but i think that i don't understand the O part i think that (laughs) i think that I think that what happened was they probably tried to use standard spaghetti in a can, but when it glopped out of the can, people freaked out. Like, it was totally gross. So they said, so the product people got their heads together and said, how can we make this more appealing, especially to children? And rings were, because everybody loves cereal, right? Everybody loves loves Cheerios. So SpaghettiOs are just the Cheerios of pasta and so now kids like it <laughs> sorry but but have you ever had, have you ever had do you, do you remember the, the 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 meat the one with the meatballs in it sure oh my god those meatballs <laughs> those are but at some point yeah people got people people got they needed some stuff cuz people start working more right people have less time to cook people have people have kids and they just they just start cranking open the cans but but it's
0: different than like post where it's like I invented cereal or Kellogg's whichever one it was I don't remember okay. maybe it was the same time I don't know I've seen that Road to Wellville movie a couple of times I can't remember the timeline <laughs> <laughs> but like the Chef Boyardee stuff are you, so I guess like, we should probably have done some research now that I've dove into this a little bit which is the this idea that I want to know like if the food grew organically and then was consumed by a food's company that then mass produced it or no, if it I don't, was like I don't you think think it, was it was guys ever, in a lab
1: i don't think it was ever any better than it was today i <laughs> think it's probably been i think it was probably worse and i think it's probably gotten better i think it's probably reached its its final state just like anything in evolution it's good enough right it sells people people like it i, I I come from a culture that loves to eat spam. I mean, where do <laughs> I have not a leg to stand on. I the can the canned good is something that I grew up with. I've eaten. I used to eat, and my parents still have cans of Vienna sausage in their pantry. <laughs> we will. I I I don't have a problem firing up some Vienna sausage to eat with some eggs and rice. That is a Filipino. That is a Filipino delicacy. And it's disgusting. I mean, I don't even know what kind of meat that is. <laughs> it's like, Vienna sausages are meat that didn't qualify to be hot dogs. It's just, I mean, Jesus. I mean, what am I eating? I have no idea. It's just, I mean, it's disgusting, and yet here it is. It sells. The people at Hormel still knock out spam
0: like it's I mean, that print they print money. It is so crazy that the during, actually, during the era that uh, people seem to want to return to so badly, uh, how invested we were in, like, tightly packaged foods, because there was a lot of canned meat. <laughs> like, yeah. wasn't there, like, a can- ham that came in a can? Sure,
1: sure, because refrigeration was not very right. good. It was right. I mean, not everybody had refrigerators back then, so you couldn't have fresh stuff, so you had to have canned corn and canned beans and canned vegetables and all that stuff, because... You just at you the farm or whatever where you didn't have electricity. You had to have cans of food unless you had a unless you killed a cow the day before and whatever.
0: I mean, you didn't have a lot of choices. Well, and I can't remember what movie I saw this in, but I it stuck with me for years, which is this idea. And I think it's fried green tomatoes when she's thinking she's going to have to be divorced and she's doing some shopping with cash and she buys like Chef Boyardee. And she's like, it's like she's there's narration, right? Uh-huh. And she's like talking about how uh, it's good to eat cold from the can. Like you don't have to have it anywhere to cook it. Right. And it's true because it's basically like fancy dog food anyway. So all you sure. do is open it up and just start eating it.
1: Listen, I could crack open a can of Chef Boyardee ravioli right now and eat it with a fork and be perfectly happy with it. It's good at all temperatures. It's, <laughs> the <laughs> ravioli is, let's, let's be clear, the, the ravioli is the best product of the Chef Boyardee line.
0: Well, I mean, when you're not going to eat beefaroni, <laughs> beefaroni is not something anyone should eat ever. It's horrible.
1: Beefaroni is for people who couldn't get the hamburger helper together. It was like, <laughs> I'm too lazy to actually make hamburger helper. I'll just buy the beefaroni and open that can and just have it instead. I mean,
0: I understand buying the ravioli because it's hard to put meat in pasta. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. You got to
1: buy ravioli. Like, what? Who am I? Pioneer woman, when I'm gonna make my own freaking ravioli? I I see them do that on TV. I'm like, that looks hard.
0: Yeah, making your own pasta.
1: Yeah, pass. (laughs) (laughs) But no canned goods are yeah. We we uh. I'm trying to think of what canned goods we have around. We have soup. Yeah, and we have like cases of spam that I truck home from Costco (laughs) on a regular basis. Um.
0: I think yeah. soup is the only thing that sticks around our house from a can perspective. Chicken broth. And it wouldn't be the two-on-three podcast if I didn't ask you if we could open a restaurant on this idea. Could you take these things and make them, like, artisan? Could I sell you artisan, like, be, uh, Chef Boyardee pasta?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely you could. I like,
0: think this that... is a restaurant, right? If you Can you steal the recipes and use, like, really nice ingredients but still capture the... Can you capture the... Mouthfeel of <laughs> the canned good. Are people
1: gonna leave your, their houses to come to our restaurant <laughs> to eat the artisan spaghettios? No, I but I guess, come for the ravioli. I guess I guess if we had booze, here's the thing. If you if you turned it into like a late night thing where people like after midnight could come yeah. and eat artisan like shitty artisan food, like yeah. or no good tasting artisan food based on canned favorites. Yeah, you would make a mint. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the... like the that's like the that's like the Chick Fil A idea. You Don't know the Chick Fil A idea?
0: Oh, like classing up a crappy. Chicken no, no, sandwich? no.
1: Chick Fil A is closed on Sunday. Right. So if I had a food truck, oh. I would make <laughs> knock. I would make Chick Fil A sandwiches. Yes. And Chick fil I basically make Chick fil A's menu out of a food truck and I would park it in the gas station across the street from the Chick-fil-A on the day on Sunday when Chick fil A's closed. So when people came to eat Chick-fil-A on Sunday and went, Shit, it's closed on Sunday, they would see my chicken my chicken food truck. My chicken sandwich food truck. And they would (laughs) they would be thrilled to eat my chicken sandwiches. I think that only works
0: here because we haven't had Chick fil A long enough for people to get it the The pattern burned into their brain that they can't have I, it on Sunday. I just
1: need to. I just need to park mine across the street from the Bellevue one. The Bellevue one that has a line into the street, twenty four hours a day. I don't know what the hell people are doing. Like the Chick Fil A by your place is completely reasonable. You can just go in there for a chicken sandwich. Right now, and just I mean, I there. can't
0: because they have butter in all of their food.
1: But. Okay, but one could <laughs> if one desired a Chick Fil A sandwich. Yeah, well, this isn't you, one's podcast; <laughs> it's two's. If a person wanted to get a Chick Fil A in your neck of the woods, they would just they could, any time of the day could go to the Chick Fil A and have one. Now, it's true. If I, now, if I wanted to get a Chick Fil A sandwich and I went to Bellevue at any time it was open, I would have to wait twenty plus minutes. Every, it, at the very minimum to get a Chick-fil-A, which is ridiculous and I won't do it. I'd rather get a chicken, I'd rather get a McChicken for $1.20 and have them leave off the mayo and add Big Mac sauce for 20 cents. Oh, that's a killer move. That's the killer McChicken move by the way. Interesting. So, yeah,
0: I'm not anti McChicken.
1: It costs you 20 extra cents, but listen, spend the 20 cents, say McChicken no mayo Add Big Mac sauce. You'll All thank right. me later.
0: I'll make a note. <laughs> well, listeners, if you have any grand ideas for names for our canned food truck, maybe that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll have to be a food it'll have to
1: be a food truck that we park next to a bar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah I like it the, though. The I can do food truck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Come up with your best ideas and let us know, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll not open this business. We'll go along with the two or three other ones that we founded on the podcast. I love it. Yeah, eight months we've been doing it. All right, so we're into the overtime, and did you have anything specific? Because I know you wanted to mention that uh, one of your one of your evil corporations. Which which
1: evil corporation did I want to mention? Uh, I Twitter. <laughs> they are the most evil corporation of all they make us do things we don't want to do they make us yell at each other and hate right. each other yeah. for no reason other than we have access to Twitter
0: like and then you try to express a complex thought and somebody jumps down your throat because they're too stupid to understand it and plus it was hard to articulate in 240 and, characters
1: and and it's completely devoid of nuance and, exactly and yeah Twitter they're're the, they're gonna be the they're gonna be the we should make a movie where Twitter is the dominant uh, dominant um, player in the dystopian
0: future and just see what we Probably go back and look at the Black Mirror catalog, but I'm sure they've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> they've pretty much covered off it. <clears throat> Well, we just want to throw some shade at Twitter and, and at Jack in particular for being a piece of shit. So... Fair enough. Uh, he the thing it. I actually wanted to talk about is something that happens to me every year. And this is essentially that my wife's birthday is seven days before our wedding anniversary. Not on purpose but rather because we were trying to have a summer wedding and we needed to we're in the northwest so we had to work around the schedule the weather schedule august gave us the best opportunity this was the wedding or the weekend that the the venue was available um so for the rest of my life i was like all right well this is kind of going to be a pain in the ass and so it comes up you know every year and our anniversary gets the short shrift and i feel like ultimately it's me that loses out in this proposition (laughs) (laughs) Because it's too close together, yeah, exactly, it's like we get you know her it's like birthday it's like and... it's like if your birthday's on Christmas, it's sort of like that, but this is sort of the its it's much more the reason I bring it up to you is that it's it's much more along the lines of the honey wish fulfillment thing as as a uh, a husband, like what you're trying to accomplish to make your wife's birthday or anniversary special, and you know I'll be honest, I only got enough like. I only got enough in me to get to put together one good shot. I can't try to like, plan two <laughs> events.
1: Yes, so just combine them. That's
0: <laughs> that'll be easier
1: when we're old. <laughs> okay,
0: as younger All people, right. it's a little challenging.
1: No, I think the the thing about anniversary is it has to stand on its own. It's it's different than birthdays or whatever. Of course. So it needs extra attention. Like if if you were to put your anniversary next to your birthday, the anniversary gets the anniversary is taking over. It's the dominant player in the. It's I think the, that's true. If it, it was it's, my it's, birthday,
0: it's the Earth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so okay, here it is. If in with your anniversary and your birthday, <laughs> your anniversary is the Earth, and your birthday is the Moon. Sure. And it sort of just kind of, you know. And you this is what it. I'm telling oh, you. God. This
0: dynamic has been re- completely reversed because it's the other way around in the situation. <laughs> but so here's the
1: thing with in, in my situation. It is um, my wife's birthday. Ten days later, my birthday. One week later, our anniversary. Oh, so we tend to smush it all. We tend to because we're all close there. Sure. Like, we tend to say, we te- you know, you get birthday presents and a card, and I get birthday presents and a card, and then we go out for our anniversary and sort of celebrate the sure. whole, like, throw down a big dinner or whatever, big night out, for birth anniversary day.
0: Yeah, but see, you've got your birthday in the mix there, and that changes the dynamics. See, I've just got a, I've got two, are you gonna please me or not situations, like, lined up back-to-back. Back. <laughs> but it's two, you've got, like, but it's like two months, but in between. No, what are you talking about two months? No, no, no. Our anniversary, our her birthday. Uh-huh. No, see, my birthday is two months from now. That's a separate issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, separate issue, but I'm really... Reading, I'm uh, reading the notes here. Yeah, like, yeah, well, what we're talking about it here, I'll just explain it. So, my birthday is two months from now. Okay. But we got married two months before I turned 30. Okay. Which means our 10-year anniversary will be two months before I turn 40. Sure. And 20 before 50 and so on Uh and so forth, which means that not only do I have to right now deal with this dynamic of wife's birthday followed immediately by anniversary. Uh Every milestone birthday that I would ever have is in some way going to be eclipsed by this this,
1: (laughs) this celebration.
0: The decade when
1: you can totally pull for you could totally say I'm turning 40. We're doing something big and I don't care. Yeah, no, but I you know. should but you're going to have to give up the other nine. <laughs> the other not <laughs> the other nine they're going to But you're right. You have to do something special for her birthday and then special for your anniversary a week apart. But yeah. I would tell you that you do something nice but stay in on her birthday. Yeah. And then on your anniversary you go out yeah. and sort of
0: and that has that's kind of become the cadence. It's not an impossible problem. I just thought it was sort of funny because here we are like a week later and it's Oh, yeah, it's our anniversary. Oh, I sort of forgot about it. You, you sort of <laughs> forgot about it. I did not forget about it. I just thought it was tomorrow. Like, it's just... We...
1: We <laughs> did... We... My wife and I both great. one time forgot our anniversary. Well... you both did. It we, It was funny because her parents called. And so they are like, Happy anniversary! And we looked at each other. Like, there was something about it. It, was like it, it fell on a... Like, on a weird day. And we're busy. And... You know, lots of things were going, and I know I would have remembered before I came home. But there was something about getting that call first thing in the morning while we were trying to get out the door to work, yeah. get the kids out and all that stuff, where they call and say, happy anniversary. <laughs> we looked at each other and went, oh, my God. Is it our anniversary today?
0: So funny. It happens. You get old. Other stuff takes precedence, right? It's just I like, you, even like you, like you say, your own birthday. You start to be like, well, whatever. I'm an old. I'm an adult. It feels really, like tuning your own horn a little bit. But well, I don't I have guess... a birthday party. I just use it as an excuse to go do something I want to do with no <laughs> apologies, right? Yeah. But that's what that's what that's what birthdays are for. I mean, anniversaries
1: are great. I just think that uh, you know, and every so often, like again, on the big ones, ten, yeah. twenty, whatever, invite some friends around, go to a restaurant, enjoy yourself. But the yeah. rest of them,
0: the other nine, come on. Well, I think that's actually my biggest concern. Is it so? Like ten year, fortieth, fortieth. 10 year anniversary, 40th birthday. My wallet's going to take a beating. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you better start saving now. Yeah, no doubt. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, can I, can I throw out the fact that, uh, people who are cel- who celebrate their birthday month can all like take a hike.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, a, like, it, it is, it's a birthday. It's, my, it's right it's there my, in the name.
1: It's my birthday month. I, I love that. It's I not like, your birthday what? month. Yeah, it's like, not what? Valentine's week. <laughs> None of this shit. <laughs> it's a day yeah it says it, it it's right in the name just wait for the day or don't give me the birthday week don't give me birthday mo- birthday month is the one that just blows me away like so it's like it's my birthday month we're celebrating all month we, we are yeah what if your birthday's on like the fifth
0: like by <laughs> right. the 20th i'm like you gotta get the fuck out of my face <laughs> right it's over <laughs> it's over all just right well don't... thanks for helping me guide that i'll i'll, I'll get it figured out it's only we'll gonna be with me out. for you know the rest of my life like i said Blow, go go go!
1: Meaningful and small on the other nine, and then blow out the tenth one. No doubt. All right. Anything else for the OT? Not really. Okay. Just, uh, hey, St. Louis! Big up to St. Louis! Big PGA Championship and. It's St. Louis, where it's maybe 105 degrees and 1,000% humidity. So
0: that's, that's about what it feels like in this sweat lodge I got <laughs> at the studios this evening. So let's cut it loose, because I'd like to get the hell out of here. All right. So well, thanks, everybody. My, big up to our fans in St. Louis. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the 2 on 3 podcast. We always appreciate it when you join us and when you share your thoughts with us on Twitter. We love it ever so much. So we will be back with more shenanigans next week. And until then, peace.